0: Well, hey there. Happy Friday. It is time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommason.
1: Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And today we are uh, having another one of our uh, special holiday episodes, which I really uh, do enjoy. And this one is uh, exciting for me because it's the Father's Day episode. And so happy Father's Day. 2015 to all the fathers in our listening audience we hope that you will enjoy this show and it will encourage you and um for the mother's day episode we kind of went through uh five characteristics of godly mothers this one is a little bit different slant because it's basically uh six lessons i think i was joking with my mom earlier because i told her that i had five things that my dad taught me and then she reminded me that father has six letters. So it's actually six things that we'll be discussing. Uh, but let's go to Adam for our quotes of the day.
0: Okay, first one here comes from Mr. Ed Cole. A father's responsibility is not to make the child's decisions, but to let the child watch him make his And the second one here, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. And that is from unknown.
1: Yeah, when I was looking it up on the web, it basically just said various people. And I I know it's a pretty common saying, so they probably don't know exactly who said it. But I thought it was very insightful and humorous. (laughs) Uh, I think we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, as a teenager, you're like, I know what I want to do, you know, and my dad doesn't know anything, and I know more than he does, and all that jazz. So, um, Adam, do you have any thoughts on these quotes before we move on?
0: I think they're right on target, and it's so true, depending on what age you are, how you kind of uh, look at your dad. You know, when when you're at a certain age, especially (laughs) a teenager – uh, a lot of times, you know, you, you kind of think that you know best, and oh, Dad, you're, you're being too strong, or maybe even think you're trying to make my decisions for me. But then, once you get to a certain age, you look back and you're like, "Huh, Dad wasn't trying to make my life miserable; he's trying to make it better." <laughs> and it just hits you like he was really looking out for you.
1: Yep, absolutely, and that's that's the way I feel about my dad. And um, I really like this first quote um, about what, letting your child watch you make mistakes. That is the biggest thing my my dad has done for me is, you know, a lot of times we, we think that we have to project this thing to our children that we're perfect, but the thing that has encouraged me about my father is that he knows he's not perfect, he admits he's not perfect, but he hasn't given up the fight. Yeah. You know, he's still striving toward holiness, striving toward righteousness, striving toward perfection, even as he knows that he falls short, as do we all. Right. And I think that's important. And uh, and also pointing to the only father that gets it 100% right, and that's God the Father. And we're so thankful for his gift of um, being a father to the fatherless, which my dad always talks about um, because he lost his dad at it when he was a young age. And then also forgiving his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, both very important things. So... We're gonna get into these five, these six lessons that my father has taught me through the years. Um, But first, let's uh, roll a YouTube video which I found this week, and I just couldn't help but share it because it's very cute. So let's roll it.
2: in the past. My dad is not a pretend dad. Or a partial dad. Or anything less than my really dad. And I'm his really daughter. And I'm his really son. It's It's a pretty pretty good good deal, actually. Actually.
0: There are a lot of people in this world
2: who don't have a father or who have a bad father. Maybe that's your story. Or maybe you can't even imagine. Being loved by a good father. But on this Father's Day, no matter your situation, we got some really great news. There's a heavenly father and he's a really, really good daddy. And when you choose him, God adopts you into his family. And he becomes not a pretend dad or a partial dad or anything less than your real dad. And you become his really child. love of the good father is something to treasure forever. Second, God is a good father. Being his child makes father's day extra special. Happy Happy Father's Day everyone!
1: (laughs) And I just really like that video. I'm getting a little emotional just listening to that and And uh, I don't know a whole lot about these little kids. I've seen some other videos that their parents have done with them. They had a really cute one for Easter. And we'll link to that video in the blog. And and I would encourage you to watch it and share it. Um, Because it's an important message. Um, And and you didn't... I, I hope you didn't miss what they said there. Even if you don't have a good relationship with your father. Even if you haven't seen him in years. Or perhaps if he's already gone. You still have a father uh, of the fatherless, God, the father, and he does care for you. And he's a really dad, as they said in the video. So I just really liked that. All right. Well, uh, here are six lessons that my father taught me through the years. The first one is for F faith is the key to salvation. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. My father um, often reminds me that the only thing required for salvation is faith. Uh, we can't add to salvation and we can't take away from it on our own power. Mm-hmm. Jesus did all the work and there's a lot to be excited about there. So I, I really appreciate my dad for um, making that clear. And then, A, answers to every question are found in the Bible. Uh, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Psalm one nineteen nine. And my father has been a big proponent of if you have a problem or if you're going through a life situation, what does the Bible say about it? and not trying to make the Bible fit with what we want to do or with what, what we already believe, but going to the Bible and saying, what does the Bible really mean? Now, obviously, as a human being, we still do struggle with wanting to project our will onto God's, and we need to be constantly um, be aware of that and make sure that we get ourselves in the right frame of mind. But I'm thankful for a father, that has that outlook. Do you have any thoughts on these first two points, Adam?
0: I think uh, it, it always kind of points to that a good father will always point you to the father. And with these first two, that really, really points to that, that, you know, faith is the key to salvation and to always find answers in, in the Bible. So um, you always know when a father's on point when he's pointing you to the father. So I, I like where that's touched, especially at the first two.
1: All right. Well, um, number three, we have faith is the key to salvation. We have time with, or we have uh, answers to every question are found in the Bible. And our third point is time with family is important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thine heart, and with all thine soul, and with all thine might. And these words, which I command thee this day, Shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou, thou shalt they shall be as frontless upon thine eyes, and they shall in thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And that's Deuteronomy six four to nine, and. My my father um, has always prioritized family time, um, and he he give I know that he gives up a lot to do that, and I've always appreciated the fact that he always um, tried to make time for us. He wanted us to uh, do things together as a family. We family camp has always been a big part of what we do because because. He wanted us to spend time together on vacation. Uh, he would help us write skits for family camp and, and just just wants to be with us and, and spend the time. And now as a grandfather, uh, he loves to see his grandchildren and travel um, to see the ones that are out of state when possible. Uh, you know, he went to Hawaii for a week um, uh, to see his, his new granddaughter born this past March. And it's kind of interesting because, um, the baby came about, uh, two weeks later than they expected the baby to come. And he was actually there when the baby was born. So that was kind of a neat thing that he didn't anticipate, but I've always appreciated the fact that he puts family first. And like I said, uh, without going into a lot of details because he is a private person and I respect that, um, He's just given up a lot for, for us. So I thank you, Dad, for that. And then H is honor your wife. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, Ephesians 5.25. And this is a big one. You know, one thing that frustrates me to no end and grieves me is that when I see a divorced couple... Um, get divorced, one of the first things they say is just because we stopped loving each other doesn't mean we love you less. And I've always been taught that the best way to show that you love your children is to love your spouse. Um, As a matter of fact the Bible seems to indicate that a man's first responsibility is to his wife and then out of that he's able to take proper responsibility for his children but they're very connected and I just I love the way that my dad treasures my mom and uh, he really has raised the bar uh, for romance if you will like he remembers their anniversary day every single month even if it's just with a homemade card or something other something maybe a single flower or whatever always remembers their anniversary every month. And I don't know how long he's been doing that, but it's so great. And then he takes her on two to three-day trips um, a couple times a year just to make sure that their marriage stays strong because as as our household gets smaller, as more and more of us move out, mom and dad are still together, and they will be together for the rest of their life. So they need to make sure that they're um investing in one another. Before we go on, Adam, do you have any thoughts on these two?
0: Especially on the uh, husbands, love your wives. There was a, a great plate that one of my family members own, my aunt, uncle. And it says right down there, the best way husbands can love their or the best way that husbands can love their kids is by loving their mother. Mm-hmm. And that's so true, how that really sprinkles out into the kids, into the family and what they witness and see. And it's so crucially important so I just remember reading that as a kid, and I was like, wow, that's a good point. <laughs> and even to today, that's always stuck with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's it's just so important, and there's a, such such a security there. I mean, I don't think, you know, um, people will say, well, don't put your kids in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, by its very nature, divorce does that. So it's hard to just say, don't do it. Right. Because <laughs> if you choose to go down that path. That's what you're, that's what you're in effect doing. Mm -hmm. Now we could go into a lot of different alleyways about what's acceptable. And, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say to every divorced person, you were wrong. But I do think we need to put a higher premium on marriage than we do in our Christian culture today. And it really is sad to me. And that's why one of the heartbeats of speaking for him is to continue to beat this drum loudly that marriage needs to be prioritized. Why is uh, why are people looking at other forms of marriage that God does not honor? It's because we have decided as a church not to put marriage in its proper place anyway. And so we need to be the lighthouse. We need to show a difference so that people see, yes, this is what marriage means. And my parents have had their ups and downs, but I can truly say, looking at their marriage, that they have shown the world what marriage means they're imperfect, but they are redeemed and they love the Lord and they're showing it as they live out their marriage. So uh and 37 years so far and I'm very proud of them. All right. Embrace the truth, whatever the cost, but you are a chosen generation, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter two nine. And the reason I, I chose this verse is because my parents took a lot of stands, um, early in their marriage that weren't that popular. And some of them still aren't that popular, but I don't know if you know this, Adam, but my parents started homeschooling before it was legal. Oh wow. Um, so they watched with great interest when the DeYoung family, uh, who, who would be known to people that have homeschooled, uh, for any for a for a number of years here in Michigan, they would a lot of people would know that name. They were actually, I believe, arrested for homeschooling, and then they fought it in court and basically won the right of homeschooling for every other homeschool family in Michigan. Wow! So if you are a homeschooler or if you have been a homeschooler, you have a lot to thank God for and thank them for, for taking their stand. My parents homeschooled us, and I don't think I would have graduated from high school if I had stayed in the environment where I was, let alone have a college degree and you know, be working uh, in a ministry like I am today uh, because my parents basically showed me that I shouldn't allow people to tell me what I can and cannot do. I should follow God's voice and allow him to work through me to do things that people don't expect me to ever do. And, and now, you know, we're sitting here, uh, in this studio, we've been podcasting together for, you know, cl- about two and a half years, a little more than two and a half years. And I'm not on live radio yet, but this is really been really enjoyable. And it's just so great to, to be able to, uh, put it together and to, to see, these episodes come together and and they're not chintzy. They're very well done. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, nine out of every 10 probably is something that I'm very proud of. Occasionally, you know, I, I, I'm sure that if you looked in the archives and were honest with me with feedback, you might say there's a dud here and there, (laughs) but I think overall the body of work is, is very good. And I'm very pleased that we've been able to sustain it this long. So, um, so and, and a lot of that's in large part to my father because he stood up for truth. Another area where he stood up regardless of what people said was in our family size. Um everywhere we went, we stood up we stood out like a sore thumb. Um people would say things to my parents like, Do you know what causes that? Or are they all yours? And sometimes, you know, when people say things like that, they're kind of in a joking manner. Right. But you can also tell by people's tone of voice and the way that they project themselves when that's not the case. When they're just, you know, uh, being mean. And my parents endured, endured some of that as well. So I just really applaud them for standing up for truth and my dad for taking the lead in that. And then the final one today is respect your mother my father um is the youngest of four children and yet because of a variety of reasons he ended up being my grandmother's um primary caretaker in her later days he may he managed her money he made sure that she was in a good um retirement home welcome home for the blind which was really fun even for us to go visit they had a a strawberry festival every year, um, for, for a lot of years. And they were right next to a park and also the people there were very friendly. And, uh, I, I just watched him, uh, take care of his mother and respect her. Um, and I just, I want to emulate that and I'm striving to emulate that with my own mother, but I just really thank God for a dad who, who respected his mother and showed that example to his children. Adam, do you have any thoughts on these last two as we wrap up our Father's Day episode?
0: I think that's uh, – it's just it, – it's so key, and just being reminded of all that dads do in that aspect. Because, like, you know, when you think of dads, you think that they're the ones who ask you to, to clean out your room or take out and play ball or something. But, you know, dads do so much more, you know, like you said, like for, for his mom and, and for what – he does for your mom and what he does in each and every day of life. So going through all these, it kind of digs up like everything that dads really do. So, you know, over this father's day, we want to challenge you just to just thank him, not just thanks. And then here's a piece of cake and walk away, but just really thank him for like everything he does for you each and every day. Cause he does so much.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to just say a few words to my dad here. And then we have an email that we're going to share. Uh, from an audience member, uh, and we thank uh, Naomi for that. Um, Those who listen know that Naomi's a pretty regular voice here with our Speaking Friend Book Club. She sent us a tribute to her father, so we'll read that, and then we'll finish up with Adam's tribute to his dad. First of all, I just want to say to my dad, I know basically this whole thing has kind of been a tribute to you, but I want to thank you for being my dad and for pushing me um, to excel because there are a lot of times in life when I would have quit. Um, I have my bachelor's degree because you pushed me. I'm doing this ministry. This podcast is because you told me that God had a message for me to deliver and that I needed to be open to serving him in ministry. And I'm doing amazing things. And in some ways, the best is yet to come. And it's because... I listened to you finally, and you were patient with me, and you didn't give up, and you kept reminding me that I needed to trust God fully. So thank you, Dad, because this podcast would not be possible without you.
0: And um, we have our listener email yes. here from uh, Naomi and family. She says, I'd like to say happy Father's Day to David Nyhoff. Thank you for living a life with a passion and love for the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to teach us songs like Jesus loves me on the way to church, even though I couldn't hold a tune. I am also thankful for all the hard work you did so that we could grow up in the country on a farm with every animal our hearts d- desired. Lastly, thank you for being such a wonderful Papa to our children. We are truly blessed to have you in our lives and thank the Lord for you with much love, Naomi and family. That's awesome.
1: All right. Well, we'll get to Adam's uh, tribute in just a second, but I just have to comment on one thing. I noticed she mentioned there how she can't sing. (laughs) There was one time when when we had her in studio when I asked her if she wanted to sing. And she said, "Absolutely not." But I, <laughs> but I still think we should get her to sing, don't you? Aaron? Oh,
0: I think I think so. Maybe the 150th. Yeah, <laughs> if she could sing a tribute song, we'll make it 15 minutes, just so it's not too mm-hmm. much or too embarrassing for you. Absolutely. Next time we'll, she's in, will happen.
1: We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, Naomi, if you're listening, let me know. <laughs> she's probably turning red as we speak. Probably. But anyway, on to more important things, Adam. Do you have anything to say to your father?
0: Yes, and and Naomi, it's okay. I can't hold a tune either, so I'll, I'll just <laughs> we'll lip sync when you're, you're not going to sing there. it. <laughs> yeah, well that's true. You wouldn't want me to sing it. Okay, <laughs> it might be our last podcast with <laughs> listeners listening after that. Uh, thank you, Dad, just for everything that you've done. Um, God, you know, thank you isn't even enough to describe everything, but um, I just want to thank you in your ways of of teaching me. You know what's what's right and what's wrong. And always those trips to Grand Haven used to take mom, and the family, I too. And, uh, those times where we, we were able to talk here and there, it was, it was a blessing. And, you know, so many people don't have dads in their life right now. And I can say that I do. And I just want to thank you for that, for being with the family, uh, for the love you give us and just for all you do. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, for listening to this podcast, our third father's day podcast, which in itself shows the passage of time, but we're very grateful to be here again for yet another Father's Day. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. We hope that you will give us um, some feedback. If you have anything that you would like to see incorporated as we move forward through 2015, please make sure you contact us with the content information at the end of the show. And thanks again for listening, and have a great Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially to mine. And uh, have a great weekend, and as I always say, keep serving the best of masks.